Hello, welcome back to another episode. I am frothing on life at the moment. I'm so excited. I don't know if anyone else feels the same, but to me, every single year, AFL Grand Final rolls around. And to me, that is just the signal that summer is starting. Like it is just so anchored into good feels for me. I think every grand final ever, I've either been in Bali with friends or family, or I'm home watching it with my dad or my brother. And I don't know, it's just really anchored into such a good feeling. When I was a kid, it was like the local footy club and my dad was a coach. And it was like, we usually got the Monday off school, especially if our team had won. Cause you know, probably just now knowing what I know, mum and dad were probably just a little bit hungover and didn't want to get up and take us to school. But if they had mad Monday celebrations, we got to just hang out like all the kids and it's always the start of really nice weather. So for me, I think it's just like, Ooh, AFL grand final. It's the start of summer. The sun's out. It's happy times. We're coming into Christmas, which is crazy. And I've just had such a nice weekend with family. And I mean, it was a crap grand final, if I'm honest. I still cried, of course, at the end. Oh, still cried. I love the end when like they're, they're all crying of happiness and then they come and hug their kids and it's just so cute. Anyway, I digress. Had a beautiful weekend. Life is bloody good. Uh, The sun's out. I'm about to go for a big ride, my first big ride since I got home from Europe. And I'm so excited to get on my bike. It's going to be so strange though without like, it's not going to be packed full of stuff and I can't even pack like, it's so strange. I'm so used to having my home on my bike that now I'm like, oh God, I can't pack my laptop. What do you mean? (laughs) I can't stop at a coffee shop and like do some work. And yeah, it's just so different. Anyway, going to dive into today's episode. Um, It's one that I've really sat with for so long. And I remember actually like churning over this idea and like how I articulate it without it being misconstrued. And I also am very highly aware, as you guys would have known, if you you listened to last week's episode, even though sometimes I have the best intentions and I've got, you know, I've said things how I want them to be said, I can't control how things are perceived because everybody listens and hears with their own filter. So even though sometimes I'm like, right, I need to make sure I get this out and it's really clear and and it helps people and I've said it in a really articulate way, I also know that I can't control how it's it's heard and how it lands with people. So I'm going to just say it and I hope you can understand the intent behind it and where I'm coming from. And it's something that like I've really sat with for a long time. I watched, it's, you know, about this enoughness movement and this move as a society almost away from ever letting people make a mistake. Like we almost protect, it's like we're protecting kids. And this is where, like where I started to observe it was in the classroom, where I started to observe it was changes in the education system, which I sort of thought, I had this inkling that like, this is really making kids anxious. Like kids are just not willing to give things a go anymore. Kids are so afraid of making a mistake. And And then they become adults who are afraid of life or giving life a crack or ever making, you know, taking a chance or getting things wrong. And like, I can see why they would be so afraid. Like we live in this society now, which is almost overprotective and like highly politically sensitive. And you're going to get cancelled if you get it wrong and you must say the right thing. And we're protected from ever feeling bad and ever getting, ever making a mistake. And that to me is a recipe for insecurity. It's a recipe for disaster as far as I'm concerned. And it's a problem. It's a real problem. And I've now gotten to the point where I believe 
in some ways and in some instances, this enoughness movement of like, you are always enough and you are always, you know, entitled to everything. It's almost like it's doing the opposite for some people. And I'm going to explain why. And I want to just preface it by saying, first of all, this might come as a bit of a shock because yes, I'm the person that works with hundreds of women on their enoughness stories, on their beliefs that they are enough to get whatever they need to have their desires. I help people with their worthiness stories. I truly believe that we are all worthy of everything we want, everything we desire. We're all worthy of love. We're all worthy of success. We're all worthy of abundance. We are deeply worthy. We are born worthy and nothing changes. We are born worthy and we breathe and we are worthy. That is all. My mantra is because I am breathing, I am worthy. That is it. I came into the world as a cute little innocent infant. I was a little baby who was worthy of so much love. And she still is like, I still am worthy. My clients are still worthy. I've had this conversation with a few of my level up ladies recently. Worthiness is not up for debate. Worthiness is not up for debate. You are worthy whether you are rich. You are worthy whether you are poor. You are worthy whether you've got a very, very successful business or you're just starting out. You are worthy if you are a mum and you are in the trenches doing the newborn thing. You are worthy if you are a homeless beggar on the street. You are deeply worthy. Full stop. That is not up for debate, right? However, sometimes we actually need to take a really hard look in the mirror and ask ourselves, okay, this enoughness story, is it a limiting belief? Because there's a big difference. This, I'm not credible enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not this enough. Whatever your story is. Is it a limiting belief, meaning a belief that has no solid evidence, there is not much truth in it, it's not supporting me to go where I'm going and I need to do some work on actually removing the limiting belief? Or Is this here to teach me something about where I've got an opportunity to improve, about where I've got an opportunity to do a little better, about where I've got an opportunity to, you know, grow myself in some way because I always can get there. But maybe right now, if we take a dose of honesty, maybe right now we have to look at the mirror in the mirror sometimes and go, right now, I don't have everything I need. I don't feel like I really am, you know, I don't feel like I'm qualified enough. And, and, you know, maybe that means I actually would like to take a course and we take action to then have the the confidence because we've taken an action that actually does the work to remove that enoughness story. But we need to be building our enoughness story on a strong and solid foundation, not on emptiness. We can't stand in the mirror and say, I am enough and I am deep, I am always enough and shout them in the mirror when we've got no evidence in our life or in our evidence portfolio that says, yeah, I always bounce back. How are you going to know that you are enough, that you've got enough, that you've got what it takes if you're not doing the work and you've got a big pile of evidence behind you that says, I always get, I always sort it out? Because really, confidence does not come from an empty, em- empty evidence log of never having done anything, never having re- recovered from any adversity, never having put yourself in the in the ring, never having put yourself in some challenging situation. 
If you've never bounced back, never given yourself the opportunity to improve, never given yourself the opportunity to fail, never given yourself the opportunity to fail and then say, that was just feedback and I'm going to do better. If you've never given yourself that opportunity, you're building your confidence on an empty and a broken and an instable foundation. And so shouting these affirmations and doing your journal work and and trying to take action when unconsciously you've got this voice saying, oh, but I don't actually know if I can do this. There's there's something in that. And so to give a little bit of context and to give a little bit of like where I'm coming from, I obviously have worked as a teacher. For a, for a long time I worked as a teacher and I was observing what I thought was really interesting. Like, you know, there's a lot more anxiety and insecurity these days and there's a lot of kids like petrified of making a mistake, petrified of giving things a go petrified of ever getting it wrong. And sometimes that fear, because they're so afraid, is being further supported by a system that's trying to protect them from ever feeling bad. And I'm like, wait, 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 no, this isn't working. This is not working. And so to give you an example, like I was having a conversation with a really good friend of mine this weekend. She came over and she's still a teacher and um we were just talking about how like why are the kids so petrified and they're so insecure and they don't want to give anything a go and she's like, yeah, I know and now now we've got a system that's saying don't say the word test, like we're not allowed to use the word test anymore because that would make them too nervous and so we shield them from that and like the truth is there's going to be so many tests in life. Like there's going to be school tests. If you go to university, there is going to be examinations. When you get your license, there's going to be a driving test. Like there's going to be doctor's tests and healthcare tests and there are going to be tests. And if we remove the opportunity, we remove the root cause, like the test is not the problem. The way we respond to them is the problem and the way we perceive them is the problem. And the fact that we're not giving them the opportunity to take a test and to go, oh, I felt so nervous going in, but I did it. I felt so nervous going in. And so I studied really hard and I went in and I'm proud of myself because even though I was nervous, I showed up. And then throughout you know, experience and time, there gets to be a really big evidence portfolio that says, yeah, I was nervous. And every time I'm nervous, I still make it through. Nerves are not an opportunity. Nerves don't mean I can't do something and I should back out. Nerves in my evidence log say, it's okay. I've got this. I'm going to come out the other end. And then I was listening. So that was one example recently where I was like, no, 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 we're doing it wrong. Don't take away opportunities for kids to know that they can do hard things, to know that they can bounce back from challenges, to know that it's okay to make a mistake. When we know that, we can act confidently. We act confidently because we've got a strong foundation of evidence that says I can do hard things, but we're taking those opportunities away and we're protecting ourselves from those things. So that was one example where I saw it. And then another example, I was listening to a podcast and I thought, oh, get out, like get out. They're giving out instead of first, second and third place at school, some some schools are now giving a ribbon for 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, because they don't want ever, ever for a kid to ever feel like they weren't a winner or they weren't, you know, like they weren't enough on the racetrack. And it's like, 
What if instead of telling every single child that you are enough, even if you got, yes, you did a good job if you got 15th place. And what if they also knew that sometimes we're not going to be good at everything and that's okay. Yes, your friend always gets champion or runner-up champion. And yes, your friend is a natural athlete, but you're a natural at something else. And that's awesome. You know, you might be the person that's really, really good at art and your friend who's, who's the sporty person isn't. And so maybe instead of wrapping kids up in this like cotton wool, we should actually just be giving them and, you know, kids is one way I'm sort of saying this is also how I see it for adults is like maybe instead of wrapping ourselves up in cotton wool and never wanting to fail, never needing, never wanting to ever get second place or 10th place, God forbid, maybe we actually just deal with, okay, so right now where I'm at wasn't where I want to be. And so what could I do to make it better? And that's about having a growth mindset. And having a growth mindset means you're okay with things being challenging. You're okay with not knowing all the answers yet. You're okay with some things not being enough yet. Yet is the important word. When you know that nothing is final, maybe you did fail something if you perceive it that way. And that doesn't mean anything if you choose to look at that failure and go, what could I learn from this in order to build my confidence? What was that there to teach me? How can I move forward from this and be better? When we actually have a confidence that is based and grounded in the belief that I can do hard things, that I can always be better, that I can always learn, that I have come back from many adversities in the past, that I have many times learned something new and perfected it. I have started something that once made me nervous and I now do it with ease. When we have confidence that is based on that action and that really being in it, like dealing with some challenges. That is what helps us to move forward when we build our confidence of no, no experience with tough things, no taking action, no being in the fire. We start to build our enoughness stories on a really shonky foundation. Then you've got people that are like, you know, following and liking these pages, I am enough, but they've never actually ever had the opportunity to show themselves that I've got this, I am enough, I've got this. And so sometimes we need to actually ask ourselves like, yes, like I said, there is a very big difference between is this a limiting belief? Like, do I, oh, I'm not credible enough. And, you know, a lot of clients I work with will work through it and go, (laughs) you know, it's silly that we tell ourselves these stories. I've got, you know, for example, one client who I don't know if I'm credible enough or I'm the expert in this field. She's been working in the field for 15 years. She is literally the expert and she still will doubt herself. So yes, of course, sometimes we need to look at the stories and ask if they're just false and they're trying to keep us in the safe zone. But sometimes, and only you will know the answer to this, Do you actually just need to go, actually, you know what, right now, I don't actually feel confident enough in this area. And what I think I need to do to improve this would be what? Ask yourself that. What would be the action I need to take in order for me to feel more confident? What is the action I would need to take in order for it to feel enough? What if at the moment 
I am simply just not good enough for where I need to be. And that means I've got some work to do. That's also, there's a, there's a level of confidence from being able to say, right now, I don't actually feel good enough. And that is because of, you know, I am lacking. I, if it's a really, if it's a real honest and mature delve into this enoughness story. And it comes back to right now, I don't feel good enough. Okay. What areas do you not feel good enough in? Where do you feel like you're not, you don't have that, you know, strong support inside of the enoughness story? Okay. Well, at the moment, I feel like I'm actually lacking with public speaking. So I don't actually feel good enough to be putting myself out there for speaking gigs. Okay. How about instead of chanting mirrors in the mirror, chanting affirmations in the mirror that I am an amazing public speaker, I am good enough, I am good enough to be on the TED Talk stage. How about we start taking you to the Toastmasters every single week? How about you get a speaking coach? How about you practice once a week speaking in front of the camera and then in front of a few people and then in front of a few more? How about instead of working on this enoughness without any evidence or work or action to, to remove the enoughness story, how about we outwork and build evidence to disprove the enoughness story. Because when we actually do the work and we have an evidence log that says, actually, I did really well in that, or actually, I have learned a lot since I felt that way, or actually, I've come so far since I... Once we've got the evidence and we're taking the action, the enoughness story starts to dissolve. And it's like, we need to actually be really honest and real with ourselves. And instead of saying, I'm always enough, I'm always... It's like this entitlement, I'm always enough, I'm always enough. What if sometimes we're just simply not, and that's okay, and there's a little bit of work to do, and we can always get better, and we can always get there? That is where we get confidence. We get confidence from knowing wherever I'm at is fine because I can always improve. I can always do better. I can always be better. I can always get the support. There is so much more that comes from that than just this empty, this empty bedrock where we're trying to build a house and the foundation is not strong enough to support it. If we want to believe it, we've got to do the work and take the action and have lots of evidence that says I can do this. And that's what I'm seeing is being taken away from kids. It's being taken away inside of the education system, which you can't say the word test. You're not allowed to keep score at junior sports anymore because nobody can lose. And therefore, where are kids getting the opportunity to know that it's okay to lose? It's okay to, you know, give it your best and sometimes somebody else will be better. And that's fine because not everybody's the same and not everybody's good at the same things. And that's okay. You're still deeply worthy and you can still get better. That is way more powerful than taking away all the opportunity forever building real confidence and resilience. And resilience is the thing that's going to build self-esteem. Resilience is the thing that's going to make us happy people. Resilience is the thing that's going to allow us to give, give, give life a crack and take chances. It's resilience. But when we take away the opportunities because we're protecting ourselves from feeling bad, protecting ourselves from feeling like a failure, protecting ourselves from ever feeling nervous, when we take away those opportunities, we don't have the solid support behind the enoughness story. And so when we say I am enough, it feels like a lie. It just feels like a lie. And that's why sometimes I can't wait until, oh gosh, next week we start the mindset reset inside of Level Up. And I'm so excited to, to teach the subconscious mind stuff because that's why sometimes certain affirmations won't work for you. If you say I am good enough and everything inside of you says 
am I? I've never done this. I've never actually done this. Then it's not going to land because it's going to be rejected. It's going to be rejected. And so the affirmations, the journaling, the visualizations, they won't work until you work. They won't work until you do because you need to have the human evidence to support the belief and vice versa. You need to be doing both at once for sure. Do the affirmations, do the visualizations, do all of that, but take the action. You can't be saying, I am enough. I am credible enough. I am good enough to be on a TED Talk stage if you've never even done one public speech. You can't be doing the work to say, I am good enough to have a six-figure business if you've, you know never even had, you've never even done one sale because you're too scared to make one sale. So like you need the the proof, you need the evidence and you need to take action to support the enoughness story. Building an enoughness story on an empty, empty bedrock means it's going to feel insecure. It's going to feel insecure. And that's why I believe sometimes God, we've gone a little too far with this enoughness movement because it's, we're like, almost entitled without any action, entitled without any work. We're taking away opportunity to actually feel the effects of when it's not good enough and then bouncing back and going, oh, good, that's all I needed to know how to tweak my training. You know, if an athlete goes out onto the court and they weren't good enough to beat their opponent, what happens? They tweak their training and they come back better. And that's there's a confidence in knowing that you can do that so that when you do, quote, fail, it doesn't mean anything. It's okay. It's all good. It's all good to not be enough sometimes. It means that you can do better and get there. Like there is such power in knowing that. And I think we just need to be very conscious of when we're, you know, saying the things without doing the work. And when we're protecting ourselves of opportunities to build the evidence log, we're actually doing ourselves a massive disservice in the long run. And that's my concern about what I'm seeing for little ones, what I'm seeing inside of systems, what I'm seeing inside of society with like all of this overcorrecting and all of this like don't get it wrong don't get cancelled don't don't make a mistake don't lose we can't possibly lose don't nobody everybody's a winner it's like we're we're just robbing kids of the opportunity to build resilience to build confidence and that's what creates insecure adults that's what creates really anxious like really scared adults and you know, a lot of my clients will be like, oh my goodness, I've just realized this is what's happened. I have never been told it's okay to fail. I've never been told it's okay to make a mistake. I've never been praised for making a mistake. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's start praising. Oh my God. Let's start praising kids for making a mistake. Let's start praising ourselves for making a mistake. Let's start praising ourselves for getting it wrong and for bouncing back. Let's start praising ourselves for making an error and going, oh, that's cool that's not fatal. That's not final. I can bounce back. No dramas. Nothing's that big of a problem that I can't bounce back. When we start celebrating that in kids and in ourselves, we'll stop being so afraid of taking action because of, God forbid, getting it wrong. And then when we start to feel like, maybe I'm not enough at the moment. It won't be crippling for us. We'll just be going at the moment. I don't feel enough, but I know what to do to change it. And that is what helps us to feel secure and comfortable and resilient and able to take on anything. And that's what I want to see in the world. I want us all to take it all on because we're here to do big things. We're all here to do our own unique things. We're here to do something and we can't do it if we're petrified of stuffing up. And sometimes, just in my opinion, and I would love to hear your, I'd love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear 
where you're at with this, if that lands, if that's, you know, resonating for you, if you're seeing it inside of maybe your kid's um, schooling situation, if you feel that way, if you've sort of had your own light bulb moments, I would really love to know. This is, you know, a topic that I think about deeply. And so I'd love to hear from you. And so with that, I'm going to wait to hear from you and I'm going to go out and have a big bike ride in the sun. I'm so excited to put my music on. I feel summer is so close. Oh, it makes me so happy. Oh, I just sang to you. How did you like that? Um, So guys, if you love this episode, please do me a solid. It really, really, really helps to get this to more people, to help more people, to be able to keep on doing it. It's a very big time investment and I know that it's helping a lot of people. So I want to help more. If you can share this on your socials, leave a review. That would mean the absolute world to me. I am so grateful for every single person who shares this, who gets into my DMs, who sends me messages like it means the world and if I can get it to more people and if I can help more women out there who are then helping their kids and we're just doing this together that will make me so so happy so please share this if you can leave a review and I will speak to you next week bye